let's get the party started. When was the last time you shit your pants? You think I'm a damn fool? I shit my pants last night. <laughs> it's a beautiful planet. Well, it's a moon. For sure. I'm sick and tired of all this bullshit. Put that in your fucking pocket. What's up, everybody? Josh, the Clearing Waivers Podcast, coming at you for another week of the Clearing Waivers Podcast. Hope everybody is doing good, great, and grand. Also wonderful. Uh, we appreciate you joining us for another week. No guests this week. You just get the three of us this week. Just, I mean, after a couple solid, really good interviews, it's just us this week. So, uh, so you're welcome in advance. Um, we we appreciate uh, letting us take your time and your ear space up. But uh, we're just going to get to it tonight. We're not going to clear any useless the useless space here. We're just going to get in to clear the waivers. Talk a little bit of Royals getting the shenanigans. So, as I said, let's get into clearing the waivers. Like I said, talked about the Royals. We had a actual Royals baseball games the last few days. It seems like we've had three, like a, a, a go, stop, go, stop, go, stop. So here we are on another off day for the Royals. They are they did start the season three and one, their first four games, taking two or three of the Rangers, and then the first game against Cleveland, uh, winning it the other night. So far, they've scored 31 runs. So a nice little uh, jolt of offense in those four games but they've also given up 17 runs. So uh, there's a little bit to talk about, at least through these first four games. We're going to talk a little bit about what we've learned from those four games. And Katie, I'm going to start with you. What is something that you have learned in the first four games of the Royals 2021 season? It's nice to have a lineup of more than just like three good hitters. Uh, <laughs> yeah. There's someone there that can pick somebody else up. So, I mean, I think yeah. that was probably one of the bigger things that a lengthened lineup is very helpful you just just pitcher doesn't get to relax on anybody specifically so yeah always always feels good when michael day taylor and nikki lopez are getting the eight nine spots and just absolutely blistering the ball um it tends to go well for that offense exactly and i think it helps playing the rangers first just really yeah. you know get your get your bats off to a hot start early by playing that uh atrocious yeah. staff yeah that's uh it has always helped to get a good start against a bad team. Hopefully they're bad. I mean, maybe the Rangers, they showed a little bit of offense themselves, just not enough. Um, weren't, weren't able to hang. Um, but mine, mine's kind of the same along the same lines here. What I've learned is on-base percentage is very good, um, very uh, useful to actually plate runs. Um, in 2020, the Royals were 26th in team on-base percentage with 309. Coincidentally, they were also 26th in runs scored. Yeah, a little correlation, you think? Maybe. Maybe. No coincidence. <laughs> um, they're currently third in OBP with 390, which is in and of itself is bonkers twofold. One, the Royals have a 390 on base percentage is unheard of in my uh, years. And two, 390 is a hell of an on-base percentage, and there are two teams above them in, in on-base <laughs> percentage. Uh, I think the Dodgers are up there, and they just absolutely went scorched earth those first few games. Um, but, yeah, third is not bad. They're also third in runs scored, uh, runs per game. So, again, correlation. On-base percentage leads to runs. It is uh, good to see. They currently have five guys in the top 50 in on-base percentage throughout the entire majors. Wit. Solaire, Carlos Santana, like I said, Michael A. Taylor, and 
bump bum Nikki Lopez is in there, top 50 <laughs> in on-base percentage as well. Um, they also have three more uh, rounding out the top 100 uh, to go with them. So eight of the nine guys that are seeing at-bats are in the top 100 in on-base percentage. Always really good to see. I, I do kind of wonder, though, like I said, it was the Rangers, so not the top-notch pitching that we're seeing there. They're also seeing the third least amount of pitches per at bat. So that's not necessarily indicating that they're seeing a lot of pitches. They're just, I don't know, seeing their pitches and taking it, or they're just getting walked really quick. Or like Kitty alluded to, there's three or four guys that are really good at seeing pitches. And then the rest of them are swinging immediately. (laughs) So I think that that's, uh, it lengthens the lineup and that's all it's definitely a benefit, but I think it also balances out a lot too, because we did see a lot of those pitch counts drive driven up over the weekend and as well on uh, Monday, um, we saw some good pitch counts, good plate appearances that, uh, that were kind of getting to those starting pitchers and getting in that bullpen really well. So I think all in all, it kind of comes all full circle with that offense centered around the on-base percentage, adding guys like Ben attendee, adding guys like, uh, Carlos Santana um, and getting those guys to actually lengthen at bats is, is an all around good thing. And, and I mean, Santana's drawn hella walks, so he's doing exactly what we brought him in there for. So that's kind of what I've learned on base percentage. Good. <laughs> that's what yep. I got. Brian, what about you? Uh, besides the fact that they're, it's clear that they're going to win 120 games. If you just do projections sure. of yep. this, I mean, I think it makes that's pretty fair. perfect sense that 120 games is now the goal. But other than that, I would say the takeaway for me, results kind of you kind of look at them as a as not even a week into the season. So it's hard hard to get <laughs> sure. too into the results. But I, I think the takeaway is that they showed me that they're fighters. Uh, the first couple of games getting down in big holes and coming right back at them and getting back. I, as we talked about, it was the Rangers. So you wonder how much you really put into that. But I, I've seen bad Royals teams before that get in an early hole and they just roll over and die. Mm-hmm. And they start swinging at everything, trying to hit it out of the park. And it just never works. And you end up getting blown out. And we saw that back-to-back days get into holes. And, I mean, you can, you can get concerned about the starting pitching if you want. But I think that, you know, they'll right the ship there. And, and they'll, they'll come back. And we'll probably see this lineup kind of cool down a little bit. And we'll kind of even this all out as we, as we continue going forward. But I just like the fight in them. Um, to immediately get back those five runs in the, in the first inning of opening day was, was wild. Um, they go down five against your number one starter, and you're like, God, have I gotten too excited about this team this, you know, this year? Are they going to do it to me again? But man, they're denouncing came. you for, uh, for blowing oh, yeah. up Smoke Up Keller's ass. I know, he's my guy. And he was far from Clydesdale that day. But mm-hmm. um, other than that, I was really um, impressed with the relief pitching. Um, we talked about coming into this what something that i thought would could potentially blow up is those relief pitching that was so dominant last year maybe we don't see that again but so far they've had 19 innings pitched uh they've got the sixth best bullpen in baseball by war right now and what i like to see too is they're they're getting strikeouts it's not just coming in and getting ground balls or getting outs they're getting 11.2 k's per nine and usually when you have bullpen come in that's because a starter's in trouble or guys are on base. You're looking for a strikeout. You're looking for that double play. And these guys have strikeout type arms. So I'm, I'm happy to see that that bullpen there pick up the, the starters. 
the lineup obviously pick up the starters. So I think the starters will be fine, but it's nice to know that you've got a nice back into your bullpen that you can kind of trust. And, and as you pointed out, he's, he's pitching these relievers for more than one inning a lot of times. And I like to see that too, because they, they love to tell you on the broadcast that the more pitchers you go to, the better chance you're going to find one that's not having his day. So yep. if you can, if you can get by with three pitchers on the day, uh, sign me up for that. We don't need to go one inning, one inning, one inning, one inning at the end of the, of the game. If you can have a guy, you know, be dominant for two innings a piece. And so uh, the relief pitching is uh, promising and I, I like what I see there. Yeah. Uh, I was just looking up the trying to get a collective ERA total from war is not a great stat for bullpens, but ERA is ER. I mean, they're, they're <laughs> like, they're like 20th and XFIP and ERA they're fifth with a 1.6, Sorry. I think you'll so, take that. Yeah. I think, uh, I think that'll do just fine. Yep. Yeah. Uh, I think one worrisome bit I think is, we don't seem to have any idea who a closer is and feel like what we've seen in the past with bullpen by committees, that's being no one can save a game when you get to that point. Cause everyone, I don't know if they're walking on eggshells too much. They think they have to be just pitch perfect to get the next save opportunity, but I'd like to see this team find out who the closer is. And we kind of, yeah. we kind of, we kind of saw that last year uh, at the beginning of the season, Matheny was like, we're going to work these guys in different leverage situations and then especially when they got, you know, traded away Rosenthal, Holland kind of just settled in as the go-to closer at that point. I, I could see that happening here soon. Yeah. I think he's probably just getting a feel for, you know, is Jesse Hahn going to be a dominant guy for us that we can count at the end? Are we, are yeah. we going to play Greg Holland in the seventh if that's their two, three, four coming up? I mean, I, I could see them playing around with us for a while, but I, I think here a month in, I think we're, we're probably looking at one guy getting most of the saves. I mean, that, I that's traditional way of thinking of Matheny going potentially, you know, a little bit more uh, stats oriented, maybe matchup oriented. And maybe, I mean, maybe you don't have that guy that is worried about getting those save opportunities. I don't think anybody, I mean, Holland's not trying to resurrect his career. Uh, Wade Davis is not going to be a elite closer money after this year. Uh, maybe Jesse Hahn, but I mean, at that point, he, I mean, he's just trying to stay healthy at this point. So build a little bit of value for himself. I, I did mention it in, in the chat there on Monday night that it was going to be interesting to see who got the ninth because it was Cleveland's two, three, four hitters in a save opportunity, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. It was, it was yeah. Three zero. So, and it turned out to be Jesse Hahn at that point. Um, once he got into a little bit of trouble, then Greg Holland started warming up, I believe. So, I think that's the pecking order right now from what that's telling me, but it could just be, you know, Matheny like the matchups against the two, three, and four, what, what Han's stuff was. Maybe, maybe they love off speed. So they didn't really want to go to Holland, but. And I also uh, like there might be a factor too, that, that Han had gotten up and been worn up for a while. Uh, they kind of thought he might have to bail out. Was it Zimmer pitching for them? Yeah. yeah. Um, I think he could kind of getting into some trouble. So I think Han was like fully hot in the bullpen and maybe too, he didn't yeah. want to just, you know, waste that at this point in the season if, if you trust yeah. the guy let him go out there and get the save mm-hmm. yeah it's good to have options i think um but to kitty's point you'd like to think that that closer is the alpha and yeah. if there's no you know it, we've heard of greg holland being alpha mentality we all know wade davis is out there and not feeling feelings and just there to get put asses in seats um, so it, it's not a lack of there's no alpha out there. Maybe there's just a lot of alphas and they all like to eat a little bit. 
There you go. I, I'd, have, I'd have no problem having your number, like maybe your second best reliever you're feeling as your closer, and then throw mm. in the alpha as a high leverage guy through six, seven, eight, and see what happens. Yeah. Having That's having the possible, options. Possibility. And yep. then you have the toy with Stalmont to just play whenever you want to. Let it eat. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Barlow's just wiping guys out. I mean, it depends on what, what you're doing with Junis. Zimmer's looked really, really good. Junis has been nasty. I mean, it's it got dudes. So yep. I'm I'm I, I went into this kind of thinking that the bullpen might be a bit risky. They're the ones that I was kind of looking at to be you know the the real wild card to this team's success, and boy, they've they've really put put uh, put me a little bit more at ease after seeing those first uh, first few games. And so, watching Wade Davis again, I mean, he kind of looked like fun. himself. He gave up a tater the other night. Uh, yep, didn't really matter much in the game, but uh, I've been impressed with his stuff. He's got his velocity back. It seems like, and uh, I'm, I'm excited about Wader this year. We're not talking about it enough, but High Sox waiter is elite waiter. <laughs> I, when he had the the baggy pants back in fifteen, whatever, I mean that was that was awesome. But give me some High Sox Wade Davis, and I I can really get on board with that. Hundred percent, looking like a real sexy baseball player at that point. Um, <laughs> let's move on here. We've got uh, last week we introduced Ball Street. We're going to bring you a little bit of Ball Street. We got some stocks to buy and sell uh, to kind of go off of the way too early conclusions drawn here <laughs> category but <laughs> i got four guys that are kind of making a statement here very early um so we're gonna buy sell or hold some stocks on these guys i'm gonna start off with michael a tater see he's got <laughs> off to a real hot start hitting 438 with two dingers six ribbies and a 255 wrc plus very very good i for one am willing to eat all the crow on that signing but uh where are you guys at on buying stock here, Brian? What's, uh, why don't you lead us off? I think you'd have to be a maniac not to sell it if we're treating this like a stock right now because what he's doing exactly. right now is outrageous. But let's get crazy. I want to hold, actually. Crazy. I want to <laughs> hold here because I, I, what I'm seeing is a guy that looks super confident at the plate, and he's coming into the spring. You know, He says he's, he's worked on some things. He's kind of tinkered with his swing and his and, uh, setup. And you hear that every spring, right? You're like, <laughs> you I, do. <laughs> I, I'm going to tweak, I've tweaked some things. I was going to, you know, shorten my swing. I'm going to get the balls I never got to before. And they always turn out the same. Well, Michael A. Taylor is hitting the shit out of the ball right now. Mm -hmm. And it looks like it's painful for him to keep that front foot down and not take that big <laughs> jump. But just and how he, rip. how he still generates that much power that we've seen is, is pretty special. So yeah. I'd, I'd like to hold on and see what he's doing right now in this space is not happening. Obviously that's outrageous, but I right. think he could have a careerish type year that if, if, if he keeps going in this direction and this new swing thing really matters, like you said, Josh, all three of us weren't real high on that signing at the time when Dayton said he wanted on base guys and he was one of the worst in the league coming in. <laughs> so I'm going to hold, I, I think he's got a year, uh, a good chance to have a big year and maybe his best year ever. Yeah, that would be uh, very, very nice if he made us all look like fools. <laughs> and it'd be a lot of fun. Uh, speaking of comps, apparently Rex Hudler thinks he looks a little bit like Lorenzo Kane out there. All right. I'll buy some of that defense then. Buy some of that defensive stock. Tell yeah. the offense, buy the defense. How about go, that? go take a nap, bud. Go take a nap. <laughs> Kitty, where are you at? Buy, sell, or trade these bad boys? I mean, I, I'm, I'm – as Kaiser first noted, we've got to be a maniac to uh, not sell if this is a stock. 
I can't imagine your value could be any higher with the plate appearance he's putting up. And then also I'll, I'll just throw in a couple outfield assists to do it as, as sure. well. So, yep. I mean, he's just doing it. A player couldn't get off to a better start with his new team. <laughs> no. Nope. In four well, games. What Who's Michael that guy? Has done. Mer- Merwin or whatever his name for the White Sox. <laughs> Mercedes. Mercedes. Started oh, German. Eight for German eight Mercedes. Yeah. <laughs> German, Mer- German Mercedes, I think. German Merman. <laughs> that's i'd say he might have a little better start but yeah it's really tough tough to have a better start than michael Taylor right now yeah. yeah nice so you're you're selling too right i mean i gotta sell i'm gonna i'm gonna make some money on these stocks if i'm just gonna be a homer i'm buying more sure yep. give me another michael a taylor get more <laughs> of them in there my uh my concern is we're not the only ones understanding that this is not for real so i wonder it seems like there needs to be some kind of uh, pattern or maybe a larger sample size for the price to actually get to the point where we're kind of being like, Oh, sell, sell, sell. True. So this it's seems true. like one of those things where everybody's like, oh, I bet Michael A. Taylor stock is up. Let's go check. The, let's go check it out. <laughs> oh no. It's the exact same. Every, nobody believes. Okay. No, I'm just going to hold on to this. I have to. That's so I think point. I would love to sell it, but I don't think there's going to be a market for it. I don't I think we're going to be uh, uh, disappointed in the sale price at this point, but keep going. I mean, I'll, I'll eat, I, I got it here. I'll eat seven to eight different servings of crow to, if I'm wrong about you, Michael A. Taylor. So prove me wrong. I, I'm willing to ride the wave for as long as I need to. So I don't know if that's legal in the country. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see how it goes. Moving on, we're going to the next player. Uh, probably the only one of the only other guys that uh, is getting off to a hotter start is old Whit Merrifield, currently hitting 500 with three dingers, nine ribbies, and a 290 WRC plus. A little bit different scenario here because he's got a little bit longer uh, history and simplifies of being a good player. But Kitty, what are you doing with your stock, Whit Merrifield? I'm just gonna keep holding, keep Hold holding Whit. I mean. Every year, there's uh, seems like Royal. Either if it's Royals fans generating the trade rumors, or if other teams are putting them out there, but nothing ever comes of it. That it's always just okay. We're still on the team after the trade deadline, so let's just keep holding it, keep holding it, keep holding it. I mean, the guy goes in the spring camp. All right, I'm a, I'm an outfielder this year again. We got new player at second base. Oh, I or now I'm going to second base now. I'll, yeah, just, yeah. I'll just do that. I can do that. Yeah. And then he just gets off hot, hottest start probably he's ever had in his career. So mm-hmm. guy's a gamer. He's a, he's a real Gruden grinder. And <laughs> real grinder. Yeah. Give me, real give gym me rat. Keep me. I'm going to hold on to my Whitmerfield. Okay. I'm actually going to be selling my Whitmerfield stock here. Um, great. Obviously off to a great start. I don't think he'll be able gonna, to, to keep pace for a 500 average and three home runs. Uh, whatever that slug is, is he's not going to do it. He's never done that. He's uh, not going to slug 1100. Come on, I don't now. think so. I don't think so. Um, <laughs> but I do think people are going to bump up his stock considering he had that larger sample size. He had a great 17, 18 and 19 and people are and he had a great spring to roll into that. So they're going to kind of think that his price is going up somehow what Maryfield's defying age. He's Tom Brady now. And uh, they're going to think that his stock price is going up. They're going to be willing to buy as much as they can. So I think I'll be able to sell um, right now because his price will never be higher than it is right now. So I'm going to sell that out. I think it's going to be a slow decline. Might as well cash out at the uh, at the peak. So I'm selling my Whit Merrifield stock and I'm going to add that to the bank. Brian? <laughs> I think that's probably a fair take to sell right now. He's, his OPS plus is 331. 
100 is average. <laughs> he is 331. <laughs> he has a 500 batting average. I mean, I he's hot as can be right now. I love what I see from Witt at the plate. He mm-hmm. looks so confident when he he's almost borderline cocky when he's standing in there. Because like a, Monday night, you saw Zach Allen kind of pitch him high and in. And he kind of just kind of stepped out. And he's like, all right, all right, give me that again. Like the next mm-hmm. pitch, bam, right up the middle. He, he he just sees the ball so well right now. He's in such a rhythm. You just love to see when he's walking to the plate because you feel good about what's about to happen. So, yeah, yep, I think right now he's at the peak of his career. And it's a good time to sell if you want to sell. I'm fine with holding it like Kitty, too. I, I think he's going to be good the rest of the year. He loves to play every day. He's going to be looking for 200 hits again. And I think he's going to get there. I'm into it. I uh, like you. He's locked in. There's there's not much else that can compare to a locked in Whit Merrifield at this point. Yeah. Not in a Royals uniform. Um, so we're uh, hopefully that continues to go. Next player is Mr. Danny Duffy, one of my favorite Royals of all time. Here on Monday night, he against Cleveland, he went six innings pitched, five Ks, three walks, two hits, and zero earned runs. Um, did get the win as well. I'm gonna sell. <laughs> I'm gonna sell again. Um, he's got a obviously a great showing there. Um, I, I I do really appreciate everything that Danny Duffy has done for this. I'm rooting for uh, done for this franchise. I'm rooting for him to continue to be with the Royals after this year and uh, and end in being buried as buried as a Royal. His xFIP is not good, despite having a good performance. It's five seventeen. Basically, he's just giving a lot of hard hits and a lot of fly balls that are usually home runs. Not Maybe that's usually home runs. That's that's the thing. That's the that's what XFIP is. It's it's supposed to be fly ball rates and compared to hard hits uh, in a vacuum. That's what they're supposed to be taking into consideration. Is those fly balls are usually home runs? Dork numbers. That's fine. <laughs> that's fine. I'll give that. I'll give it. Um, <laughs> But that 517 is both is below both Mike Miner and Brady Singer, who combined for not, give up nine earned runs and nine and a third innings uh, in their first two starts. So tells you how terrible this status. If you don't subscribe to those stats, his next two opponents are the Angels and the Blue Jays. Do you think he's going to do better or worse than he currently is? I'll take your I mean, silence as you think he's going to do worse. Gonna, you assume he's going to do worse against those two teams. Correct. But. So I'm going to go ahead and sell now that his stock is higher. They think that he's going to rebound this year. Contract year remains undefeated. I hope I'm right. I love me, Danny Duffy, but I think these next two starts are going to make his stock price dip. So I'm going to go ahead and get out on Danny Duffy. Brian? Good God. How dare you? <laughs> Betrayal. <laughs> Bury me a royal. I, I'm, buying, I'm buying Danny Duffy all day, every day. We're talking about our number four starter here. Career ERA plus of 108. That you'll take as your fourth starter all day, every day. Almost any playoff team would take that guy as their fourth starting pitcher, unless your name's the Dodgers, which has an outrageous pitching staff. But <laughs> if you can get an above average pitcher as your as your number four pitcher, you sign up for that all day, every day. I'm buying. We don't need Duff Man to be the ace of this staff. And we're not asking him to be, even though he's the only guy that's pitched well in that role right now. <laughs> we're one game in, and he's he's our number one starter right now. But I totally blew my mind that Mike Miner got six innings uh, on opening day. Yeah, that, that was, was a wild grind. <laughs> yeah, it was. 
That was a grind. So I'm buying all day, all day. Okay. Kitty, what are you doing with your Danny Duffy stock? I'm going to go with the hold again. I don't think this one start did a whole lot for uh, stock price movement. Plus, I mean, it was also, what, 14 degrees in Cleveland that day. It was. So uh, you can hit a ball real hard and it's that cold and it still doesn't go anywhere. So yeah. that it's very, very helpful. So, I mean. Right off right off the lake, too. You got the lake effect. I mean, oh, yeah, never, that's, that's probably that's, some pea soup sky out there. That is real tough to do anything in that those <laughs> conditions. Real <laughs> tough. Unless you're apparently Nicky Carrera hit the ball off balls out went snowing mm-hmm. i i just yeah it's it, stupid i was always i never realized how effective duffy had been his career i didn't realize he was a era plus of 108 yeah for yeah. some reason in my head i just thought he was just a really just poor never really lived up to anything maybe it was just because he's a homegrown guy and expectations were sky high when he came up yeah that he had kinda, like really really good years that were usually cut short by injury that's just yeah right. that's just tough to tough to do but yeah so i'm gonna i'm gonna hold on to duffy i like this i like the number change maybe he's got a little bit of help from uh, help from above from Jordano yep. this year so let's uh let's hold on to duffy here best shape of his life best shape of his life <laughs> don't get me wrong i'm taking duff danny duffy all day every day i <laughs> love this version of danny duffy i'm in it for me and my money and the, my money says go ahead and sell on this current price is all i'm saying not saying i don't like danny duffy i i'm this is not a darren waller thing this is purely <laughs> purely looking out for number one me right now <laughs> in my money fair enough uh final player here new addition andrew benatendi off to a pretty slow start here hitting 167 with five strikeouts one walk three hits and an eight wrc plus uh so not off to the great start that we were kind of hoping that he'd get into brian what are you doing with benatendi stock i'm slamming that buy button because mm. his his stock price has probably never been lower than it is he's coming off a bad year in a short year last year I don't think he is actually this bad. I've kind of liked to see some of the swings I've saw out of him. He kind of has some tough luck outs, it seemed like. So he, he should have a few more hits than he does. Um, so I don't think it's his – you watch him you watch him at bat, and it's not like he looks lost up there. Yeah. Right? He's still yeah. putting good swings on and seeing the ball all right. So I'm buying. I think those numbers will come. It's just really early in the year. Yep. Kitty, where are you at? I was thinking the same, buying him. Uh, worry – one worrisome thing is maybe the Red Sox were onto something when they're paying us to take them away from them. Maybe they saw something last year that he's not going to get through. So, but I'm hoping Royals can uh, figure something out with him and he'll figure it out and at least be a serviceable major league ball player. Hmm. Can't be this bad. You're right. Right. Can't be this bad. <laughs> no way. <laughs> I really don't want him to turn into the new Nicky Lopez. The two twenty twenty Nicky Lopez, where it's like, well, he's playing great defense, so we got to keep him in the lineup. <laughs> right. He is playing great defense. He is playing great defense, and I, I do like. I'm buying as well. Uh, looking at his caveat here, this is a very small sample size, especially to look at plate discipline stats. <laughs> but we're gonna do that because here yeah. we are. Um, nothing's really jumping out of me as far as like out of the ordinary for what he's usually done. He's not swinging it pitches outside the zone he is swinging a lot more um which is just that's a royals thing that's what they do <laughs> they teach their t- they teach their hitters to swing at everything they can as soon as they see it 
So it's tough to pull away anything from that sample size. He is swinging it, but it's not out of the ordinary. His bad bip is a 231, whereas you're usually, you know, in a vacuum, uh, you're usually looking for a player to have around 300 BABIP. So you could potentially add another 700 or 70 points to his batting average and get him somewhere like 230, 240. bit more acceptable here, but at the same time, he didn't have a great BABIP last year. So he's got some good baseball karma coming his way. I still believe that there's room to even get to his floor. So I'm going to buy, hammer that buy button. And if he starts to hit that 2017, 2018, and you've been attendee uh, mileage, then look out because uh, that price is going to skyrocket and I'll be living fat. <laughs> it's going to be an okay profit. It's not going to be retirement profit, but uh, but it'll be okay profit. I guess it depends we're all on how hard you buy that. Well, we can only uh, you can only buy so much after you sold all your Danny Duffy stock. I don't I don't know how much <laughs> you're actually going to have in there, but you never know. So that's what we got. That's what we're buying. That's what we're selling. Uh, we do have a very um, encouraging feeling after seeing those first four games. Let's hope the Royals keep it going here. We're going to move on to the shenanigans, but first a word from our sponsors. And we're back. We're going to get right back into the shenanigans here with our first one. Get a little bit of a, t- we're going to combine a couple of them here. This is basically going to be waiver watch with waiver sharks is going to be the game here so i'm going to go ahead and put some waiver watch segment music here so basically the rule of the game here i got four categories here and they're rotten tomato scores the audience score we usually play the critic score this is going to be a little bit different with the audience scores here so you guys are going to pick a door one two three or four each one of them has 10 movies within it i've got their rotten tomato scores written down all these movies have something in common. So you'll want to get the higher or lower from the previous Rotten Tomatoes score. And then at the end, when you're done, you're either done guessing or you've gone through the whole list. You're going to guess what the common theme among those movies is. Cool? Yep. Cool. All right, Kitty, I think you won uh, Ball <laughs> Street. So I'm going to have you go first. Pick your door Sounds one, right. two, three, or four. I'm going to go door two. Door number two. Okay. What's your starting point? One through ten. Seven. Seven. All right. Your first movie is Inside Man from 2006. Got an 85% on Rotten Tomatoes audience score. 85. Real solid. Your next movie is Die Hard with a Vengeance. Is its audience score higher or lower than an 85? I'm going to go lower. It is lower at 83. Oh, good Lord. That's yeah. Great. Wow. That. Your next movie is a movie called Banditas from 2006. Banditas? Banditas. No, I've never heard of it. I'll just go lower. No idea. What, it is lower. It is. <laughs> it is 43%. Oh, all right. That's probably why you've never heard of it. <laughs> I'm, I'm really glad that you get this next movie because uh, you might be the only one of the three of us outside of myself that knows this. Brian probably is not familiar with this movie, but in 2008, a movie called Mad Money came out. Oh, I think I know that one. Yeah. Is it higher or lower oh, than a man. 43? What year was that again? 2008. If that's the movie, that the movie I'm thinking of? I don't know. I'm not sure. Mad Money. Not- 
It's not a Jim Cramer biopic, is it? <laughs> yep. <laughs> money, mad money, money never sleeps. Let's try higher than forty-three. It is higher. It's a forty-eight. <sighs> Escape. So let's go up to the other round here. Next movie is Point Break from nineteen ninety-one. Higher. It is higher, seventy nine percent. Good still job. Too low. <laughs> Next movie, <laughs> Now You See Me from twenty thirteen. Higher or lower than a seventy nine? Uh let's go higher for some reason. It is lower at a seventy percent. Two uh, shocking things about that is it's seventy percent is shocking in itself, but Kitty thinking it's higher than a seventy nine. That's mm-hmm. also very surprising. I just feel like I saw it. I hated it, but you know, I'm more of a, I'm more on the critic side than the audience side. So I just had to reverse jinx myself with that one. Sure, I get that. All right, so you got four points. Good start. Better than three and two and one, or zero. Um, so your movies were Inside Man, Die Hard with a Vengeance, Banditas, Mad Money, Point Break, and Now You See Me. Do you know the common theme of those films? I'm gonna go with bank robberies. That is correct for a uh, extra point bonus point. Woo-hoo! Very good. Also yeah. among these is Den of Thieves, Dark Knight, Hell or High Water, or Out of Sight. Oh, those are great movies. Yep. And then there's Banditas. And then there's and then Banditas. Banditas and, and Mad Money snuck in there. <laughs> Salma Hayek and Penelope Cruz. Just it's like an old old 1800s uh, okay. uh, turn of the century Mexican bank robberies. Basically, okay. just a movie to get them to wear uh, uh, low-cut shirts. <laughs> yeah, it sounds sounds about right. Yeah, <laughs> Brian, you're up. You get door number one, three, or four. 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 All right. Pick one through ten for your starting point. Let's do four again. Four. Your movie is Ocean's Eight from 2018. Okay. Got a 45%. Yikes. Ouch. Audience score. That wasn't even critics. That was odd. Your next movie is Crash from 2004. 20, 20, Higher <laughs> or lower than a 45? Higher. It was. It got an 88%. Yeah, I remember that being liked. Yeah. Oscar winner, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah so. I think it was definitely in the mix. In the mix, yeah. Your next movie is Bird Box from 2018. Oh, was that the Sandra Bullock? Like, I don't know. Was no, that the no blind hints. one? No hints. <laughs> she's in a boat or something bird box it's a box with a bird in it josh your face was great just giving the no hints no hints it's a good smug face i liked it i remember a lot of people talking about it but not a whole lot of people liked it so i'm gonna go lower it was lower 57 percent next movie is minions from 2015 was the last one 48 something 50 last one was 57 i mean people like minions right let's go higher it was lower 49 percent oh. wow i did not expect that i would what? how about that, that how about people that? hate minions apparently so it's wild i mean so i Brian, can't say i watched it but <laughs> right you know of it but it's not like sure. you're just cranking it up in the it's vcr no bird box i guess right no bird box um, your movies are Ocean's 8, Crash, Bird Box, and Minions. What's the common thread? Jesus. I I think I've only watched one of these movies. So it's good 
<laughs> that is tough then. Uh, you got two two casts with uh with a lot of people in it, so that's that's a tough and then none of them are really along the same lines from genres. So and minions is completely different from bird box, I'm assuming. Oh it's my a minion God. box. I have no clue. I have no idea. No Sandra guesses? Bullock. That's correct. Oh, oh! was it really from downtown? <laughs> Sandy Bullock is in all of those movies. You better put Miss Congeniality one or two on this list. Miss Congeniality, she was number. It was number two. Was coming next at a forty-three percent. Armed and fabulous. I knew she was in Ocean's Eight either. Armed and fabulous. I knew she was in that. I didn't know she was in Bird Box, but I guess I wasn't thinking just her. I didn't have any idea she was in the other two movies. Bird Box was trash. Was that the movie I was describing? She was. Yeah, it was. You can't. There's demons walking the earth, and if you look at them, you just go and kill yourself. It's it's kind of like the happening. Okay. It's... Whoa! Spoiler city over here on the happening. Out <laughs> of left field with that one. How far are we removed? Like 15 <laughs> years, at least two decades from the happening. If you haven't seen the happening. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we've got two more categories here. Uh, tight ball game. Kitty up five to three at the moment. We still got door number one and three. Kitty, what do you got? Let's try one. One. And spot four. Four. Your movie from 1999, American Beauty, rocking a solid 93%. Good starting point. That is. Better be. Your next movie is No Country for Old Men from 2007. Higher or lower than a 93? Oh, my God. I'm going to go lower. It is lower, eighty six percent. Good That's guess. That's shocking to me. I felt like people. You know, it's too slow. Yeah. Idiots. More Next slow. movie <laughs> is from twenty fifteen. Spotlight. Speaking of slow. Yeah. Higher or lower uh, than eighty six. Another Oscar movie here. Let's go lower. It was higher with a ninety three percent audience score. So, Kitty, you've got American Beauty, No Country for Old Men, and Spotlight. What's the common theme? I'm going to go Oscar-winning movies, but is it the movie themselves, or was it an act supporting actor, maybe one? Oh, he's in his head. I'm going to go supporting actor winners in the Oscars. Your first guess is always the right guess. Oh, <laughs> it, it was Oscar winners for Best Picture. Dang it. Oh, God. That was, a, that was going to be a gauntlet for the higher and lower, let me tell you. Def- oh, oh, yeah, definitely. Jesus. Oh. Was what, was the lowest, what was the lowest number in there? Uh, the Shape of Water from 2017 got a 72. That makes sense. Okay. Sandwiched between Sweet. A Beautiful Mind and American Beauty. So if you got, yeah, it was the last Sweet. one. Kitty picked the best spot to be in. Mm. All right. So Brian needs three here. All right. Yep. Let's three. go. You I'll get door this. number three is left. Uh, pick your starting point one through ten. Let's stay at four. Four. Your first movie from 1987, Predator. Mm-hmm. Got an 87 percent. Good for Predator. Sure it did. That'll do. Your next movie is from 1988, Beetlejuice. Oh God. Higher <laughs> or lower than an 87? Holy shit! This is tough people love predator i mean that's 
iconic almost. Two Beetle solid Juice. cult classics here. It is. Yeah, people people love two Beetle completely Juice. different audiences. <laughs> oh, totally. <laughs> I'm in for both of them. Yeah. Yeah. You got to have a, a screw half loose to have Beetlejuice as one of your favorite, but there's people. That oh, all right then. Coming at yeah. me hot. Screw half loose <laughs> to, to enjoy Predator as much as 80, 87%. Beetlejuice. Let's go lower. It was lower in 82. God bless. Next movie, also from 1988, Willow. <laughs> oh, no. Higher or lower than an 82%. <laughs> oh, why are we in the 80s so much? Speaking of cult classics. Another one, yeah. I mean, this is kind of a tough, tough trio to start with here. And, uh, again, your screw's half loose if you love Willow too much. <laughs> He's coming at everybody tonight. Yeah, he's coming at all the nerds. I'm going to (laughs) go lower for Willow. Willow is lower, 79%. Care of your chinny-chin-chin there. Way too high. Let's stay in the 80s here. No. 1987, RoboCop. (laughs) Higher or lower than a 79%. This is for the tie. Oh, God. Robocop. Uh, I'd like to know what the critics shit all over that one, but we're, we're talking about question. audience here. Robocop. I think it's going to be even lower. Robocop. 84. Oh, higher. oh shit. <laughs> well, it gets this all the bonus point possible. Could also tie with the bonus point here. Predator. Beetlejuice, Willow, RoboCop. What do they have in common? God, this is... What? I don't think it would be all 80s movie because you already told us <laughs> years mm, they're from. True. Um, RoboCop. I just looked up. Uh, critics gave RoboCop a 90. Well, look out. What? Wow. Yeah, I'm shocked as you are. How about the uh, remake? What's the remake got? It was like 2016 or something like that. Look that up. <laughs> I will. Oh, Predator, Beetlejuice, Willow, Robocop. These are all such different movies. Was Arnold Schwarzenegger involved with all of them? That's a good guess. He was not. Uh, the answer is right there in front of you, though. They're all one-word titles where the with the character name as the title of the movie. Mm, tricky. Mm. Because you're going to have Mud, Matthew McConaughey, then Creed, then Mandy, Aquaman, Thor, Moana. Yep. Mandy. Oh, Robocop Lord. messed me up. Robocop. It got right. you by one. Is there a hyphen in there? Nope. <laughs> Shit. The, uh, the remake the in 2014. Hmm? Even a hyphenated word is just one word. Well, it messed with my brain. Irregardlessly. What did you say, Kitty? 2014. Robocop 2014. Critics 48. Audience 49. Whoa. Everyone hated it together. That's really bad. (laughs) (laughs) That's not good at all. So, Kitty is the winner of the Shark Watch, is what we're going to call that. Barely. Yeah. That was Brian. Solid showing, though. I'm proud of you. Not embarrassing this time. I'm proud of you. Yep. (laughs) Well, what what we did last time when we 
both bowed out after like one guess. Yep. Yep. It was a 30 second segment. It was real, real, real good, <laughs> real good content. And it wasn't our first time. It wasn't. No. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we, I, I like that game. I like, uh, I think we should keep bringing that back. I think it's a good, uh, a good twist on what we've done here. Uh, so let's get into the waiver wire for the week. This week, we got one of those fun, very general drafts to go off of. We're going with the, we've done the best smells. This week, we're going with the best sounds. Uh, we've got some good ears on us in this, uh, in this trio here. So we've got some sounds for you. We're going to draft Kitty. You're going to go first, and then I'm going to go next, and then Brian will go third, and then we'll turn it around from there. Kitty, what is your number one best sound? I mean, we heard it quite a bit if you watched the basketball game on Monday night. And that is the sound of a pure swish. Mm. Just that basketball ripping through the net is a great sound. I agree. As someone that dabbled in a little bit of basketball as a younger man, that sounds slightly foreign to me. So <laughs> hearing it last night when those guys are just bombing threes like nobody's business, it yep. was, that's fun to hear. Just fun. It's just, oh, it's a great shot. Perfect shot. Just, just nailed it all night. But that- Shout out to the Baylor Bears. We, uh, mm-hmm. you'd think of a sports podcast to probably touch on the national championship. No, no, it was, uh, not worth we, talking about. Yeah, we just did. Yep. Congratulations, <laughs> guys. Congratulations <laughs> on Gonzaga getting there because the game, their, uh, final four game was awesome. Nothing yep. short of an awesome game. But, uh, oh, yeah. uh, we expected more out of that matchup. I think it was the matchup that everybody wanted to see. I would say even KU Jayhawks, uh, fans would probably deep down probably wanted to see those two teams go at it if they couldn't see KU so and they're soulless so I mean if they're if they're going to be rooting for that matchup then, um, then you know that people will like it so I'm going to go next with mine very similar to probably what we've heard a lot of here uh in, oh, let's say the last year or maybe just our whole lifetime but the crack of a can beer can soda pop can just a mm-hmm it's the best sound in the world. So give me the crack of a nice cold beverage can. Yeah, I definitely went beer can. I was very specific. I'm not too jazzed on a soda can popping up and just <laughs> care. soda. We're not yeah, a soda whatever. podcast. That's right. That's very uh, true. If we're drinking soda, something went wrong. But uh, <laughs> beer, beer is usually what we're rolling there. there. Right. Also, it accompanies usually the start of a, a good time so mm-hmm. that's right good signifier that's what i have they're my number one pick as well crack of the beer and it's a signal to the world that that daddy's checking out so <laughs> <laughs> no you more expectations that. please yep <laughs> it's quiet time i like it yep i like it i like it brian what's your first pick let's go the opposite of quiet here and it's the roar of the crowd it's mm-hmm. something that sends gives you goosebumps uh, during the Royals run. One of my favorite videos that was going around was the person that took the video outside the stadium for like the final out that was going to send the Royals to the World Series. And you could kind of hear the levels of the roar as you know Moose grounded the third, the ball at third, and then the throw over, and then people just go, go nuts. Like just thinking about it now, it gives me goosebumps, and uh-huh. it's like. There's nothing that gets your adrenaline going, being inside a stadium when the crowd, the atmosphere is just nuts and you feel like you want to get out there and play. So give me the roar of the crowd all day, every day. Oh, yeah. There's so many good clips 
to show that. And one of them is again is then all is the uh, Lorenzo Kane scoring from first. Mm. Oh yeah, just everyone all of a sudden he he rounds third and he's he's going. There's, yep. He's not even hesitation, and the crowd just starts going crazy. And that's mm-hmm. just I feel like you get goose you get a lot of goosebumps every time you listen to those just to hear in that crowd and what it meant. It's so I good. Got him right now. Got him. <laughs> Kane can fly. He can fly. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so good. The uh, I still go back to that wild card game, man. Um, the first one is the Eric Hosmer hit when it bounced off that wall and landed on the ground. Man, people were going nuts. But I think the 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 epitome of that is the Salvi walk off because it was hit silence gets through and then explosion of mm-hmm. of fan. So I I. I'll never forget that moment. And it, like Brian, like Brian said, once you kind of go back and can relive those moments through the YouTube or social media or whatever, it's just, it, it kind of brings back those goosebumps all over again. So glad we can get back the, the, the roar of the crowd, at least at a little point. Um, yep. If you're in Texas, you get a whole, whole stadium apparently now. So <laughs> yep, congratulations to, to Texas stadiums, but uh, the rest of us will be right behind you uh, here shortly. So glad, glad we got that back. All right. Try and lead off round two. Let's raise some more goosebumps with my next sound, and that is the notification jingle that they play when a draft pick is in for the NFL draft. I love the draft pick. (laughs) When they get that, and then you're like, you jump up the edge of your seat, and you're like, shut up. It's picks in. (laughs) Are we taking the QB? Are they taking our guy? You're glued to it, and if anybody tries to talk to you, you throw something at them because everyone needs to be paying attention when that jingle mm-hmm. goes. So, give me that jingle all day, every day. I love the NFL draft, and so anytime a pick comes in, I'm not listening to whoever's talking anymore. I'm watching the TV with 100 percent of my attention. Yep. <laughs> I we had the the fantasy baseball draft, and that reminded uh, reminded me of the ESPN added in the or whatever the sound that they play when it's your turn to pick i love that sound too because uh-huh. then you just snap right in super focused but but then you get anxiety attacks 100 percent, oh, and that's kind of <laughs> yeah he's like oh i should have been prepared for this I, I didn't even see it coming nope god forbid you're on the turn but uh what yeah when you when you hush the whole crowd when the pick is in you hear the noise pick is in pick is in pick is in pick is in it just goes on for like two minutes till we get through commercials or we have to wait for the podium to set back up. It's the worst. That <laughs> That's the toughest thing. I agree. <laughs> My next pick heard it a lot this last weekend, but the crack at the bat, give me that, mm-hmm. give me that, uh, the, the, the cannon explosion, the Shohei Otani type oh. of Sunday night, Sunday night baseball. It was so loud. I just I can't get enough of the crack at the bat, so I I would I very much want that in my uh, my repertoire here. Yeah, and I'd like to know what the count is on Royals players that we've had the past I don't know ten years where the <laughs> the crack of the bat just sounds different with this. Guy. Just sounds different from them. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> There's been I like ten like, guys. I almost feel like they uh, add a little extra juice to that crack at the bat on Sunday Night Baseball. I think Ooh. so too. Yeah, there's, there's a microphone way closer on Sunday night baseball, I think, than there is on other other games because yeah. that sounded way louder than anything else we've heard all yeah. either this season or previous seasons to me. So I'm, I'm, here, for yeah, I'm yeah. here for it. I love it. I think every, yep. everything needs to get this close mic to hear that back crack. It feels like, like we heard they, 
they do that in March Madness too with the swish. It seems like it's yeah, more there's prominent. A, there's got to be one underneath, right underneath the basket. I'm into it. I love it. Yep, I, I love it too. Kitty, what's your second pick here? Well, something else we heard of, heard a lot this week, and that's "Hello Friends" from the Masters. <laughs> it's the Masters mm-hmm. theme. Oh, that's a good. That's a great theme song. Just all right. Just it's very calm. Just relaxing tone. Ready to watch some golf, people. First major of the year. Golf season's officially here. Springtime's abound. The azaleas have bloomed. And we're ready to play some damn golf. <laughs> yep. I need someone to set up a lineup so where Kitty can point out the azaleas. Yep. <laughs> the big, right, the big forest that Kitty is. <laughs> that's an Iggy. That's an Iggy azalea. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, put put her in there, hide her in the photo somewhere. Well, there's, mm-hmm. there's multiple there's multiple azaleas in here. I know that azalea. Let's, let's see if you can spot them all. <laughs> I could spot an Australian female rapper if I ever saw one. <laughs> Kitty, third pick. All right, this is going to be one that probably a lot of a lot of people have not heard, but it was one of the funnier sounds I've ever heard in my life. Oh no! That is a beer bottle, empty beer bottle, rolling down a movie theater floor. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah. I and it was quiet. I think I think I don't can't remember. I think it was just after the the credits had started rolling, and all of a sudden you just the metal on that floor is very distinct sound, and mm-hmm. it oh everyone just started cracking up, and because <laughs> we're all just, we're all waiting too to see how long it would how long it would roll because it was at a big, big theater. I think it was AMT 30 on mm-hmm. the length of there. So, I mean, it was in one of the big ones. So it had a long way to go and it, <laughs> it ran for a while. <laughs> it was so good. Oh, it's, I, that sound is fantastic. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty solid. Was That's there a drop box. off? Hopefully not. There was not. It just, I think it, it may have gone all the way to the front and hit the, hit the screen or the bottom of the screen. That's awesome. <laughs> yes, it is. Uh, for my third pick, I'm also going to go with one of the funniest noises that is out there. That is a fart on a wooden church pew. <laughs> Very and specific. If, if you're lucky, you get a little clean <laughs> so that there's visual. plenty of reverberation off of that wood. <laughs> but uh, one of the funniest times I, I've ever, I've ever experienced was our uncle randy ripping one in an old uh old wooden church pew that was a little bit louder than he expected and he his laugh is just so amazing it, it's absolutely unable to be contained when it goes in really hard and it's just in a in a middle of a church sermon and everybody clearly heard it it's just perfect just the acoustics perfect of the church too yep. just adds oh, to yeah. it it's like almost mm-hmm. an echo to everything I mean, it goes, it's an echo from the source and then it just continues to reverberate throughout. It's fantastic. True. It is one of my favorite sounds of all time. So I know that's probably not on a lot of lists, but boy, it's pretty high on mine. I just figured I'd be able to get it pretty soon. So give me a fart on a wooden church view. I think it just got added to a lot of lists. Yeah. <laughs> yep. It should. If you haven't experienced it, go ahead and yeah. give it a. Right, they're gonna start going to church here soon yep i mean we got wedding <laughs> wedding season's right upon us guys and that's almost the perfect the perfect opportunity to do it so that sounds like I, the next draft too is best things to fart off of yeah <laughs> i'm gonna write that down actually <laughs> i don't want to 
forget about that one. That's a that's a good one. Our wives and moms will be so proud. Uh huh. They'll be skipping that episode for mm-hmm. sure. They'll, they'll, just, uh, they'll just hit the uh, stop pause button right before uh-huh. the draft. Uh huh. <laughs> yep. Brian, what's your uh, what's your third pick? I'm going with uh, Morgan Freeman's voice. <laughs> I feel like if everyone in the world had Morgan Freeman's voice, it would just be like such a better world to live in. Oh, sure. Everyone would just be calm, cool, collected, relaxed. I mean, nobody raises their voice. It's just all, everyone's just chill. Mm-hmm. And so give me Morgan Freeman's voice. It just puts you in a better mood and chills you out if you're, if you're hyped up. So, yep. I think that's fair. That's a good that's one. That's a good one. Yeah, it's, every time you hear his voice in the movie, you're like, oh, it's, it's just it's so iconic. And like you said, it's, it calms you down. Yep. And for my final selection, I want to get real calm because I'm going with the sound of silence, boys. Oh, my. Silence. <laughs> Working from home has given me a whole other level of silence that I have never experienced in my life. And it's low key one of the best things about working from home. When yeah. everybody, when the house is completely empty and it's just you and the dog, that sound of silence, once again, <laughs> nice and relaxing. You can listen to whatever you want at whatever volume you want. There's no screaming going on or crying or anything at all going on. So give me the sound of silence so I can be relaxed. I, think Kinda, I, I have a bit of the opposite reaction. Oh, wait, oh. hold on. Hold on. Wait. <laughs> Wait. Wait for my pick. All right, I'll just let you go. All right. My All my right. last pick is the the low hum of a fan in silence because <laughs> silence gives me next level anxiety for some reason. I don't know why, so I need a fan involved. So I I can't I can't have pure silence. I got to have something <laughs> going on. Kitty, what were you going to say? Was that was that where you were headed? Similar. I just I've gotten so used to listening to a podcast or music yeah. while I'm working from home that when nothing's playing, I'm weirded out all of a sudden. Yeah. <laughs> What's, this doesn't sound right. This is weird. I need something. Uh-huh. I need noise. I need noise. So, yep. I'm, yeah, I just, so I understand si- people loving silence that it can make a lot of sense. But for me, it just now sounds weird. Especially parents. Parents need silence sometimes. Mm-hmm. I was on a <laughs> I was on a work conference call the other day, and you know you're waiting for people to show up at the very beginning, so everyone's kind of on mute. And there's always one person on my team that just can't handle silence, and so oh. always making these crack jokes, you know, making the elevator type jokes while everyone else is sitting around, and someone else chimed in and goes, "It's pretty clear that you don't have any children. You can't just." Uh, appreciate just being <laughs> silent for five minutes <laughs> i thought yes that's so true <laughs> that although that is the one time i do enjoy silence that before the phone call at work just everyone just we're all on mute let's just wait till everyone's here yeah and i'll handle just mute for a minute, couple minutes here we don't need to talk about the weather <laughs> how much rain we got that's right. I love having that silence when you're in person in that conference, the conference room oh, and the meeting. And goodness. people are almost scared to say anything because they know everyone will hear it. I That's love right. that. No whispering to your neighbor if it's a big enough room. Did you see that game last night? <laughs> Did you see that game last night? 
That's, uh, <laughs> that's some good stuff. Kitty, bring that us is... home with the final pick here. All right. I think it's the sound most of us have heard, and that's ba-ba. That is the sound of settling. <laughs> <laughs> that is amazing that that band gave everyone an opportunity to rip on your buddies. Just, yeah. oh, look, oh, you're getting married, huh? Ba-ba. Ba-ba. <laughs> that is the sound of settling. Just <laughs> insults for days. It's fantastic. Oh, my God. What a pick. I did not see that one coming. Uh-uh. Nowhere near my board. I've got I've got two of them on here where I knew they were going to be on Kitty's board. So I I was like, like go ahead and try to steal it just for the, the no, it, it doesn't matter because nope. Kitty's going with ba 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 ba. This is the sound of settling. Oh, I love it. I feel like I had to go a little off the board once on one of these picks. Sure. Oh, yeah. Sure. You skipped choice. out on bowling pins, the bowling mm-hmm. ball hitting the bowling. Oh yeah, pin. pure strike. I, spot of a driver. I mean, I figured both of those were on yours. I hear mo- I hear those so often. Doesn't even... <laughs> That's true. I just throw anymore. Takes it for granted. Take them for granted. I, no. I mean, I almost I almost went with four song categories and just <laughs> song titles, but I felt like Fair. I would just say I'd say like I'd save one for the end just to go with that way. Yeah. No, I think that I think the effect actually took a took a pretty solid hit. So well done. Thanks. Well done. Bum, bah, bum, bah. That is the sound of the end of the episode. Uh, yeah, that's it. We've uh, that's all we got for you on the Clearmakers podcast this week. Uh, we appreciate each and every one of you taking the time to join us once again. Um, we appreciate having you. If you like what you hear, go ahead and give us a rating on iTunes, anywhere you're getting your podcast. Uh, if you're on uh, YouTube, you need to check us out on the YouTube channel. Uh, give us a rating, become a subscriber so you get all the updates of when a new episode drops. Uh, you can see our pretty faces. That's always a joy for everyone, I'm sure. Um, but uh, yeah, we, we always appreciate the support all the social media handles at clearing waivers, go check us out and interact with us on those. We have some good uh, discussions about the current format of the uh, podcast here, Josh and the two dorks. Um, (laughs) Very, very, very much appreciate that shout out. Um, But uh, yeah, go check us out on the social media at clearing waivers. But uh, other than that, uh, we'll see you next week. Ta-ta for now.